Do 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 Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 67 of the Switch Mania Playcast. The Logosode. <laughs> Logosode. <laughs> what? It's like oh. for, it's foreboding of what's gonna happen in the episode. <laughs> Should I send you the the uh, the episode? Where Nintendo kicks everything back. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, so Zod JP and I are gonna roll with this is is we're gonna record a little bit throughout the week because it'll be a little easier to do some short segmented things. Um so we're recording like earlier in the week when we talk about premium and then at the end of the week we'll talk about like games and stuff and but I have a cool weekend story that I want to talk about and mm-hmm. we can we can talk a little premium. So you wanna do the premium first or you wanna do the story first? Yeah, I wanna do the story first. <laughs> so sorry I re- people. So I refused to tell JP what I did, but I said, Hey man, got something that's a grail. A grail and What's great is that, like, it's been something I've been looking for forever. Um, and so the story starts in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's It starts over the weekend. Um, I saw something online, and I was like, oh, my God, super cool. Um, and I, it was just something that, you know, it's this, this item I've been trying to find forever. Um, it's a grill item for me. I've been looking for it for a long time. And I, um, I saw somebody post something similar and mm-hmm. not quite what I wanted, but it, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then on Saturday, I'm out in Atlanta visiting family and I got a message it says, I got one if you're, if you're available, but I'm in Orlando. Um, oh Orlando for me is, it's about a seven hour drive. Um, and I was like, well, he, he's like, I will meet you in the middle. Wow. Ooh. So so basically how this works, and this is how anytime I've gotten like a, a major item, and it's something that's worth traveling for. So anytime I get a major item, I've gotten stuff throughout the mm-hmm. years. And every time, everything has to line up perfectly. It has to completely work out perfectly so i had to get a guy that was able to come with me a buddy so i could drive so i don't go crazy um (laughs) i had to bring london with because i realized i wasn't gonna be able to make this thing happen by sunday and i'd leave on a monday however i was also in atlanta and did you see the weather over the weekend (laughs) did you no you have a hurricane or anything? There was a hurricane oh, weather in Atlanta. My brother, my brother-in-law's in Douglasville, so we were like outside the belt loop, um, but we were like on the other side from where we live in Atlanta. So my wife and I were just planning on doing a day trip, hang out till the evening. We were watching like Mandalorian. I was um, playing a game that I will mm-hmm. talk about at the end when we talk about what we've been playing, um, and then. We decide, all right, it's evening time. It's been raining a lot, so we're going to leave. It was like you couldn't see with the windshield wipers on full blast, torrential on on the drive just to get out of Atlanta because we had to go around the loop and the belt to get get home. Um, Once we got out of that area, it it calmed down. And then Sunday, I was over here working on premium stuff, which we'll talk about. I was working on premium edition things. And then Monday today was the uh, the big drive. (laughs) <laughs> um, and it took a while. And what I'm going to do now 
so JP can see what I got is I'm going to post the first picture of I, I sent I don't know if I even said did I send you the dead body picture? Yeah, you sent me, I guess, the back of the truck or something. Yeah. Yeah. White bag. Dead body picture. So here's what I picked up, JP. Now explain to the listeners. Oh, come on. (laughs) I picked up. That's one I wanted. Holy grail. And I got details, too. So I just sent him. I got a. Nintendo Switch retail kiosk. Wow. Oh my god, it's so good. It's so oh good. God. That looks and, awesome. And so that's and with the, the Animal the Crossing too. Out. And it's the, and so this is the thing is I didn't get the original kiosk. I got mm-hmm. the brand new one, the last one that's been sent out to um to GameStops. Wow. The, apparently the GameStop closed and so the guy who's in the picture with me the guy ended up um you know picking it up at the gamestop as it was closing so let me send you a picture of it where it's at in my game room my daughter's being told she has to go to bed which is she's she's throwing a fit um so that's what it looks like in my game room right now when i'm opening it up oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so wow. it is insane so there's a bunch of stuff to pay attention to so this would be like kind of a, a switch kiosk buying guide right now for for the listeners so there's a few things to pay attention to first of all the base of this is small that's how you know you have a a newer version of the switch kiosk the base is small which means it also pivots in my game room to where i can caddy corner it's so when i put the tv on it um, the yeah, TV's a Samsung nice. thirty. This the TV's a Samsung thirty inch TV, thirty two inch TV. You can buy them online. So I'm waiting for one to come in. Um, so then it'll it'll be it'll be perfect. Now, um, now the the original ones they were on like corner displays and they have a giant base, but they you wouldn't be able to at least in my setup right here in my game room, you mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to set it up in the corner because the base is so big and square. This one's flawless. Now. On the left side, it's the Animal Crossing marquee, which I'm thinking we need to do. I know some guys that make marquees. We can do a premium edition games marquee. Um, oh, game cool. releases. Um, but there's a little Raspberry Pi touchscreen, and it's in there, and it uh-huh. works. So most of them don't come with that. Um, that is a pretty rare item. This one has all the Labo videos. It works perfectly. Um, oh. Everything lights up. Um the controller holders are there. So one controller holder holds your Joy-Con in the grip controller. And mm-hmm. then one holds the Joy-Cons with the little um, the little handles on them. So, oh um, And then another piece to pay attention to is that the bracket for mounting the television was with it. So there's a big metal bracket that you have to mm-hmm. mount on the back of the TV that goes specifically into the kiosk. So if you don't have that bracket, it's a giant piece of metal that you wouldn't be able to just like buy. You'd have to rig it and it wouldn't look good. So it had all of the pieces with it. Um, the only thing that they did was he said when the manager was taking it out, he snipped the security wiring for the switch uh, controller. The the um the sw- the switch um Joy-Con Pro Controller thingy that the holder thing so mm-hmm. basically um there's a cord that and it, literally all they needed was a triangle screw bit which I have and I'm like really mm-hmm. 
So um, fortunately, we publish for Nintendo and actually can buy kiosk parts. You and I. <laughs> Someone to buy the kiosk part to fix it. Um, and then I took off the now because it, it comes with it. But there's actually a bubble thing that goes over the switch. I actually took that off so that I can just put my switch in it. And then once I get the TV, that's going to be how I play my Switch is in the kiosk. Lit up. Beautiful. Every time. Like the the, the light, the sign lights up. Um, all the electronics work. I'll send JP right now a picture of it lit up. Um, which looks amazing. I've since moved a picture too, by the way. Good price too for it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not the $3,000 that's going for online right now. <laughs> Oh, that looks nice lit up. Oh, yeah. So there's like an LED light on the bottom that lights up. Yep. So it lights up the Nintendo underneath, the white Nintendo, which pops nicely. Wow. Um, and then the the marquee lights up. So like there's a big neon marquee and then the switch light oh lights up. Like it is a grail, man. And it is metal and it weighs like 400 pounds. And my buddy and I carried it into the house. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, the other issue was is that when the guy sent it, there was it was bent on the top. Like the there's metal on the top and it was bent up. So it looks like when they put it in the car, they just dragged it out and it bent the metal. Well, mm. I just used a screwdriver and took the the plate off and bent it back, and it's flawless. <laughs> and like it flipped, it fits perfectly. Like it is, it there's no bend at all. And I was like, oh my god, this is like a flawless piece of kiosk now. And. Uh-huh. and in the future, when we have the premium edition games office, it will be a centerpiece of our office. Uh, okay, now I feel so bad that you have it now. Then <laughs> <laughs> now I want to make you feel better. I'm not just rubbing things in the thing, but um, yeah, man, it's it, right it's now. Amazing. I have our right now. I have our little arcade in it, our little switch arcade that mm-hmm. we made with. I've had that sitting in the spot. Um, but once I get the TV in, and so they have refurbished versions of the Samsung TV for for like it's like two hundred dollars on amazon right now um Mm -hmm. new ones are three hundred dollars on new egg for this tv it's a super high quality display though um and unless i find another one somewhere local for from a GameStop, like the best Mm -hmm. i can do is is look refurbished for the exact model um Mm -hmm. fortunately one of the switch collectors um female type posted about her switch kiosk and got a tv recently and posted the back of it with the model number so oh, that's awesome. I, I Googled the model number, saw it on Amazon, bought it. Um, nice. So, yeah, so that that was an expensive little TV, but um, literally going to be used. I'm going to use it when I play all my switch stuff. So that way. And the main thing is now it's in the game room and there's a beanbag chair in front of it where my daughter's going to sit and play switch while I work on premium edition games, items and books. That's and that's cool. the main goal is. Literally, she's going to sit and play while I, um, because we, we hung out. Um, that's what I was doing yesterday is she was on a beanbag chair playing Pokemon and I was working on premium edition games and right. And did she know you were picking this up? Who? My wife or my daughter? Your daughter. My daughter knew the whole time. She did. Okay. She was so excited for the road trip. Uh Uh-huh. Oh yeah. She was, yeah, she was super excited and yeah, so. So imagine, like, I didn't want you to go without, <laughs> my wife wanted me to post this social media, too. I didn't want you to go <laughs> the whole week to, to not see the crazy items. So, yeah, the next update will be when I put the, um, when I put the TV in, and there's a, um, there's a bracket that actually will hold the switch in place, too, the actual 
um, oh nice the switch um, little dock so that way it doesn't move um, that's awesome so all the pieces what's funny is most of the pieces were like inside the kiosk so I like opened them up they took out one of the brackets I don't know why mm-hmm. so I put that back in like I literally just in within like 15 minutes refurbished it to perfection because it was like had a bunch of little things but all the paint and all everything was flawless so I was like ooh there we go and I had to move some of my pictures behind it up a little bit so they're not being covered anymore moved up my power blade picture and everything nice and yeah it's it's definitely uh now it's a nice little centerpiece. <laughs> uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> Ain't that it is, crazy? Yeah, and that is a find. Yeah, That's worth the was, drive. Yeah, as I was saying, it's worth <laughs> a me driving today. So we left at eight thirty this morning and we got home at, at six. So it was like a full day of work driving. Mm-hmm. I have to thank my buddy, um my buddy Adam for going with me because he has a truck. <laughs> You wouldn't and, need that, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because if you do a U-Haul, like they do mileage, that was like 200 miles each way. So wow. um, it's 400 miles times seven cents or whatever was a mile. That's an expensive drive. How were you feeling the whole time? Were you like, I really hope this person is there? Well, I, there? I was in, so I was in constant contact with him, but he was like, man, I got to make sure my buddy's here, all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I felt better yesterday when I started to tell him, oh, yeah, I um." I've, I'm, he's like, yeah, I'm hoping that, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy it or whatever. I'm like, well, I literally wrote the book on it. <laughs> I sold him. He's like, oh my God, that's cool. I was like, yeah, we do the Switch Mania Playcast. And so like the guy's a gamer, but he also does like D&D and stuff. So he's not a, um, like an Uber Switch gamer or anything. So, right. but yeah, I told him, I was like, oh yeah, this is going into my collection. It's, it's not going anywhere. That's awesome. So. Yeah, it's it's another thing, just like my red tent, that's gonna go with me everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Really, really fun little little item, and now the the holy grail of my Nintendo Switch collection. You know, <laughs> I, I had something that Judy and Barry don't have. <laughs> no, I, I when they first, I think, what was it? Was it Toys R Us? I think when Toys R Us's were closing. We had a few pop up on the marketplace, and I think the lowest I ever saw it offer was like three fifty. And it was at the point where I was like heavily buying this, like everything, Switch, all the collector editions. And I just I couldn't convince myself, I couldn't convince Shanna that we needed this piece to just have. And I remember talking to the person, and they're like, "Yeah, it's still available," and it looked good. It wasn't. I mean, it was definitely not the Animal it was the Crossing first one. version. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I obviously passed on it. And then the next time I saw it, like somebody listed for like 600 and it just started going up. So that's one that's eluded me, but it's definitely an awesome piece. Oh yeah. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna probably be paying three times what you passed on it for now um, to get, if you get it with the TV, like, and, and the console and everything, if you want every item. Now there is a key that opens it up. The other thing is, is that the original ones didn't even have a spot for your switch, right? It was just a panel. Mm-hmm. So there's a modification kit where you can install all the stuff aftermarket um, for that. So there is there is a way if you have the if you get the original, it just has the screen and the TV. You can still put the switch in there and everything, but you have to buy the conversion kit, which is probably pretty expensive. Um, I looked online, like even the Translite marquees are like ninety bucks a piece. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's 
you 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 made a mistake passing on it for three fifty. Um, I never saw it pop up local for three fifty when they were when I remember when Toys R Us closed. I was in Texas mm-hmm. though, so everything was three, four, five hours away, and it okay. wasn't reasonable. Um, and again, in Texas and Dallas, near all the crazy people that are out there, like game chasers, and um, mm-hmm. there's one guy who picked up a, a kiosk recently out there in that area. Like they're they're hunting heavily, just like you in Jersey, they're hunting heavily. So oh yeah, luck. you gotta be you gotta be quick here, quick to the draw. Whereas I'm out in in no man's land out here in Georgia. It's great, and <laughs> I mean, this guy came up from Orlando. Wow. Like, which that's, is that's insane. insane. Yeah, and like, well, I mean, think about it. it. Like, like he still had to pay out of pocket, like a few hundred bucks if he rented it, because he rented a van and everything from U-Haul, and like he mm-hmm. brought it up and down and gas and everything. Like, so he paid a lot to do that. I didn't even negotiate on the price. So, because um, I'm like, I'm that kind of person where if I'm gonna get something that I want, I'm not negotiating because yeah. it's like you don't want to risk it. Well, he was also meeting me halfway. He was doing a bunch of stuff, and he didn't ask for me to pay more or anything. So I'm like, well, I'm not asking him for less. Like, that would be bad for him. And, right. Like, this is something that I'm going to keep. And it's the, the key was is the condition. And so the, the thing to keep in mind is that when you get one of these two, there's a magnetic mm-hmm. panel. So everything is like magnets that you can pull up behind the mm-hmm. controllers. There's a spot. There's a key. You have to have a kiosk key to be able to open it up. And so when you pull the magnet panel and you get through the kiosk key, you can pull it and there you go. You, you can get into the switch and and mess with everything in the back because there's like a bunch of stuff inside of it, too. Wow. Yeah. I'm very happy I did not have to wait very long to find out what you got. Oh, yeah. You would have. My, my <laughs> wife would have freaked out if I didn't post it, too, because she's huh? holding her tongue. And I'm like, I'm going to change out that Animal Crossing marquee. She's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is the Animal Crossing one, which means it's the newest one. I mean, um, and I I just love that it's a tiny little base. Um, The weight's Uh. perfect, too. It's not moving. Um, And so I've had a Super Nintendo kiosk in the past. Um, That is completely unreasonable as an item. And it's just a collector's item. Whereas (laughs) this is playable. And why I say that is because... The Super Nintendo kiosk, to play it, you had to be standing up against it because the controller were right into it. Whereas Nintendo Switch, it's wireless. Like, I can literally sit back on my chair in my game room and Mm -hmm. play on a 32-inch TV, which is big. It's fine. It's awesome. And you know what I mean? Like, it's literally going to be the primary way I play my Switch. Like, it's badass. And no reason not to. Yeah, so, yeah, it's I, I let I, I sent Barry a message and, and told him, and I knew he'd be no space Barry, and be like, oh, I don't have space for that. <laughs> and that's literally what he said. Um, but he's like, yeah, JP's going to be like, my God. <laughs> and the quality of it, though, like, I'm going to spit shine this sucker, too, make everything pop. Um, it's just so beautiful looking at it right now. <sighs> yeah, there's no way I could continue to look at it and not tell JP. I, know, I appreciate it. I'm very glad to have seen it now. And know that yeah. one day I'll I'll get to play on it. Oh yeah. And I mean if you ever come across one, you'll have to make sure that we, we talk so that we can ensure that you yes. have all the pieces. There's a million pieces inside. There's 
clips to attach everything. There was something I thought was like a wall mount that helps pull the back panel off. Oh no, that's actually what holds the switch on. So I have to like open that up and, and take that piece out. <laughs> I thought it was like a mount for the wall. So many pieces. I definitely would not have known everything that should be included. So now that you have one, mm -hmm. now I know the ask. Now I know who the ask. There's no online either. And the other piece is, is that the little screen, touchscreen's a Raspberry Pi. Really loves mm -hmm. up a Raspberry Pi. So that means that I can literally put in another Raspberry Pi with a touchscreen and put games on it. That's awesome. Or do something cool with it. Or or change out the video. Because right now it's just Labo. Um, mm -hmm. I might change out interactive display. I'm, I'm going to see what kind of touchscreen Raspberry Pi stuff there is. And then I'm going to look at it. I'm going to see how I modify the little SD card or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go through it with that. So that way we can... Um, we can see exactly what we can do with it, make it really cool. Cause it's just an extra treat now at that point. Um, and then eventually people will probably start hacking those or making it more look like a Nintendo kiosk thing and hack the firmware. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I couldn't find anything with a Google simple, but I'm going to mess with it. Little project, little fun thing to do and all the free time that we don't have. <laughs> oh, of course we have lots of, lots of free time. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be an ongoing project. <laughs> well, I mean, literally, my my thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to put the the bracket on the TV when I get it and put it in and mm -hmm. hook up my switch to it. And I'm going to use that to play switch games for the Playcast or try out new games for premium edition or whatever we do. Nice. That's so should we talk a little premium now? Yes, I think we should transition into that. now. So the logo sewed. We got to get it. Yeah. Taylor back. Taylor back. We may have um, to send out an email like on the newsletter at some point on all this stuff. Yeah, I, I for for a newsletter update to let people know because I think there's we even got a few emails from people and I know they're probably not listening because they wouldn't email if they are, but no the games aren't ready. <laughs> they asked yeah, I did see that. Mean. Like, um yeah, so we're working on stuff. So we're called the logo sode because we assumed and JP assumed correctly that Nintendo might have an issue with our um, premium edition, the Switch cases that Erica made, that it's too similar to their Nintendo Switch logo. Um, we assume so. Our idea was is that if something happened, we would quickly modify the logos. The issue is we didn't realize how many art images we would have. <laughs> <laughs> um, like we More had than one? Ton. Yeah, so... Essentially, like our logo by Nintendo, they said, "Hey, can you change it and remove the icon?" Um, and that's literally it. So we're removing the icon. I'm going to center the text of Premium Edition on the 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 circle background. We'll have mm -hmm. black, red, gold. Gold will be on all the um on all our inserts. They're going to be it's going to be gold foil. But um, we're going to literally do that for all of the logos now but the problem is we have to do that for like the website um video games plus's website and then all the physical okay. items that i've been creating because ironically and this is where i thought we were through the clear i think jp you and i talked about it like last week our labels were approved by nintendo we had a bunch of stuff approved i'm like oh we're yep. good and they emailed emailed today like and said uh just so you know you got to change the logo and we're like did okay. we say it was approved? We meant it wasn't approved. Yeah, and then they literally d disapproved the final finalized art that we already approved. So we already had stuff finalized, people. <laughs> With Nintendo, we're like, oh, we're literally going to make an order now. And 
it's gone now. Um, now we, we literally just got to resubmit, which sucks because you know they they got to look at it again, and then um, we've been told that Nintendo different people look at it from different angles, and then one person mm-hmm. will see something, and you know. Um, so what they're doing is they responded when I they said, "Hey, thank you for the quick response." I sent them, I attached the logo without the icon. They said, "This looks great. We're gonna have our lawyers look at it just in case, but you should be in the clear." <laughs> That's what they told me. So. You know, like they're going to do the process as they normally do, but we, we're good to go. Um, and this is so, also why we don't stack our releases. This because, is 100% why we don't stack our releases. Because and why because we I will launch Pidge. Yeah, and I will say, you know, we've already been getting questions on when is Pigeon Dev going to go up? Did I miss it? When is Robot Named Fight going up? And we said, and, you know, we've been very right. consistent that Pigeon Dev will be in hand for the premium. And the deluxe will be an open brewer, but we're not launching it until people have Super Blood Hockey in hand. We're yeah. not gonna we're not gonna jump our releases and have especially the first one that people, you know, took a chance on and supported us. And it's like, oh yeah, you're still waiting on that. But here's the second one. It's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna release them in order and people are going to definitely be getting super blood hockey before Pigeon Dev. Well, I jokingly said, Hey, I got a shipping update from NG Dev team, you know, the the same company that um that did a release on the Nintendo Switch was it Gun Lord X? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they did Gun Lord X on the Switch, and, but it was for a game I pre-ordered in 2015 from them for the Neo Geo AS called Krautbuster, busting them wow. Krauts, the Germans. Um, <laughs> so like I was like, wow, five years. We're we are not doing that, people. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it won't, I, be, it won't be five years. So, so we're, what's crazy though? We call it the logo sode, but in reality, um, somehow we're told that doing a physical lot jack is easy. They just literally because it's already released digitally, like for our game, like Super Blood Hockey, already released digitally, should be easy. Just put it in, it'll be approved for lot check. How long we've we been going back and forth since week one of mm-hmm. the pre-order? Week one of the pre-order, they literally found a code, um, and it looks like the Konami code says. A forcible shutdown occurs with certain operations. They're like, you have to go to this spot and go online and then close it out and switch controllers. Like, put in the left Joy-Con, then the right Joy-Con. And then I'm like looking at it, I'm like, this is like the damn Konami code. And then if you do all of this in a row, it shuts down the con- shuts down the application. And then they like, said, how would anyone ever even <laughs> know to do that? I have no idea. It's so good, though. I was like, this is ridiculous. But this and is that, exactly everybody, why. is our challenge. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. The, the challenge is you need to actually find something that shuts down the application, and you get you your to, challenge. Yeah, back. you need to be able to recreate that. <laughs> what the heck? But they already they fixed it in the patch because they didn't know about it. But it was like, they put a patch on it. It fixes it. But yeah. literally, Super Blood Hockey has been released for over a year. Yeah. Almost two years. And so now they're looking at it, and now they're like, like I, I don't know, like what this is the deal, but like you can't make it up. Um, ironically, Pigeon Devs approved people, which is awesome. Pigeon Devs ready to go, like it's lot check passed. So like all we were waiting on is um, Nintendo has to price everything, so they're doing that like I think Wednesday. Now I got to get the label resubmitted with the logo, which I already have done. It's already being submitted today because i already got it back today it's already being submitted today um i gotta redo all the other items but nintendo has been historically slow with this process um (laughs) so i mean when they get back to me they're gonna get back to me 
Um, but yeah, the logos, the labels will be resubmitted. So we're, we're going to be ordering games as soon as we can. Like we're not ordering super blood hockey and we're ordering super blood hockey and pigeon dev at the same time. So we want super blood hockey to get approved. Damn it. Um, but yeah, we do. literally, but literally we're ordering both and we are not putting pigeon dev up until we have super blood hockey out to people that pre-ordered yep. like, like we're, we're, I'm part of, we're part of that weird, that weird company. Where we're gonna do things to the beat of our own drum. We're not like when we have a, a Kickstarter that's live, like we do. Um, that's gonna be released after it's done with development. Like we're not speeding it up. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever backs it on Kickstarter is going to get the variant stuff. If you don't back it on Kickstarter, you you can absolutely get our our version, which is cool. Um, we have we're we're very appreciative of the support, no matter what you do. Um, but again, we're not stressing out about anything. This is a fun hobby for us, and we're going to get games out to everybody. We're doing really crazy stuff with some of the premium stuff, um, stuff that we don't even share, which is awesome. Um, and we're not doing anything weird and wild. We're trying to avoid variants, but with a Kickstarter, you know, that's a, a different beast. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're trying to avoid variants and stuff. So, but yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like even, you know, with our website, it's just simpler to just stick to. To one one cover, all that stuff. I mean, it takes a lot of time on our end as well. And don't get me wrong, like you know me, I I think it's safe to say I don't know anyone in the Switch community that's a more crazier variant collector than I am. I mean, mm-hmm. like I literally, I may not do like you know different regions with the same cover and ones in French and ones in Spanish, but you know when there's a reprint or a second printing or like ones embossed and one is flat or like different regions have, you know, a different car or a different color. Like I go crazy for that stuff. But yeah, to me, the Kickstarter, I don't, I, I kind of see that as an exclusion and, you know, maybe I'm making up our own rules, but a Kickstarter yeah. is supposed to be special. It's supposed to be unique. There's a, a specific reason that you're backing the developer to help them make their project a reality. And this is a thank you by doing it. Um mm-hmm. That, that's how I see it. You know, others will differ and they'll say, no, that's just a way to make a variant. Why not just do the standard? And it's like, well, you took a chance, right? And you should get rewarded for that. And you get something fun and cool. And like with us, with Graham Humphreys, like that's a, a special, a special thing that you get to have is that he worked on this Kickstarter. Um, so to me, it's like, I like that. I like the, I like that, you know, we are still willing to help help people who are supporting us outside of the Kickstarter and, you know, they still want our games, but maybe in this case, they don't want to double dip. We'll make that available in terms of the cover uh, for someone who backed it at the Kickstarter, but not the other way around. I mean, if you don't back the Kickstarter, you know, we won't have those pieces outside of that. That won't be through us. Maybe somebody on eBay is going to sell it later down the road, but through us, it's through the Kickstarter. Cause that's our thank you to everybody who supported fossil games and hound pick. So Mm-hmm, exactly and that was at the request of the developer which we will go with and yes. like like support them like they're doing great i think they're really close um at getting funded which is going to help their development um oh, yeah. of course again like we mentioned on last week's episode which we recorded a few days ago um but of course <laughs> um it's going any of the physical item funds are going toward the physical item production. It won't be nowhere near what it takes to 
um, print a physical just from the Kickstarter exclusives. Unless it gets a crazy uptick of thousands of backers, then okay, yeah, it'll, it'll pay for it. But um, that wasn't the, the expectation. The expectation was we like the game, we're supporting it. Um, there's some big stuff coming with it that's going to be a major household name in the future. Yes, we sent a hint. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's going to be big. And then, like, and if it's not and it ends up being, like, a cool thing, it's the game's still badass. So I don't okay. care. Like, it's still awesome and well worth doing physical of. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one other thing that I, I worked on, which I worked on uh, yesterday, like, all morning – with the premium was uh we went through the uh, pigeon dev collection deluxe um guides as well as mm -hmm. we finished the manual um so Rowan and I worked on the manual all morning Rowan? it look it looks awesome um and JP wanted to talk about Rowan I did I mean well you know we didn't make it official and it's never official until it's on social media until it's shared. Right. I mean, it's just how it goes. Like you're not married until you're Facebook married and your status changes and you're in a relationship and all that kind of stuff. Oh, but there is a person. It's been 10 years. No. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not dating my uh, wife anymore. I married her. We have kids now. Uh, no. So Rowan Fox Noble on Twitter. So it's at Rowan FN. He has an Etsy shop and he is the one and, I'm telling you, it's making waves right now. Like this, yes, it this is. release that, that we'll go into, um, I think has been his best seller yet because it, it got picked up by a few uh, Nintendo news sites and whatnot. But he makes custom manuals. So, uh -huh. you know, he saw the void of when you open up the Nintendo Switch case, there's nothing inside of it for the most part in retail releases. And he wanted to change that. So he took first party games. So right now um, he did Animal Crossing. Help me out. He, he did Breath of the Wild. Super Legends Mario, of the Breath Hunter. of the Wild, Super Mario, 3D All-Stars was his newest one, and Legend That's of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Link's Awakening. So with the All-Stars one, it's 45 pages, fully colored, goes over all three games, and they are really well done. You know, they fit right inside the case, and they're very affordable on his Etsy shop. I think it was maybe like 12, 15 bucks for 45 pages. And, and did we say Mario Odyssey? Yes, I did. Nice. Um, so... What happened was he posted it, and he knows us by now because we we actually talked about it on the playcast a while back when we, we first. Yeah, we found his first three that he did on the playcast. Yeah. So we've been in contact with the dude, and literally it was just JP and I and Barry all saying, "Hey, when you do them, just we want a copy. Like no matter what, put us down for one." Yeah. <laughs> and we buy them all. Like that's not he's not sending us like he he mm -hmm. lets us know when a new one is out and I go to his Etsy shop and he tags me, which is a smart thing to do because I asked him I want if to me know. just sending him the money on kicks or on PayPal would be better. And he said, it's like 70 cents more to, to go on his Etsy shop. And then I can leave a review. And I'm like, Oh, review. There we go. I'll, yeah. I'll go through your shop. I didn't even think about the reviews. So yeah, yeah. so definitely support. What's awesome is like Nintendo soup. I think Nintendo, everything, maybe even go Nintendo. They've all picked this up and, I, you know, I've talked to him and he sold hundreds at this point. Like it, it's he insane. So, so he clearly has an eye for manuals. So what better person to ask if he wants to join the premium edition games team than Rowan. So Jeff, I'll let you kind of take it over from that point. So, yeah, we're, um, we're doing something a little different. So obviously he sent me his first ideas. Um, cause I worked on him with super blood hockey. 
too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he sent me what he did for the other ones, which are more collector books, which are cool because they don't have anything. But it's literally like, hey, here's kind of like a, a guide to complete the the game. Um, not a strategy, not not like a strategy guide, but it wasn't mm-hmm. an instruction booklet, right? It was a it was a a, a manual of of sorts, more picture mm-hmm. based. So I told him that, and he's he sent me what he had, and I was like, all right let's call let's talk so we we started working through it and i'm like all right so this has to be this you have to put like we put the old school precautions like on a nintendo nes game i took the inspirations from some of the formatting and some of the sections of nintendo ice hockey for super blood hockey so it has a really retro feel to it um and then we we laid out everything and he had some really cool rowan style images and layouts and cool stuff that he did and then i added a bunch of pieces so it's going to be working with Rowan's cool style and then my eye for for like layouts and editing and work that I've been doing through the last six years with my books. So mm-hmm. um then we did Pigeon Dev and I, I said, Hey, there are no artistic aesthetics with this one. Like he's like he's like, Yeah, I want to do he wants to do four different games. So all four games is gonna be like its own instruction manual almost. Um and then he did a cool custom quad cover and everything with the logo mm-hmm. on. I think I sent you a picture of that, JP. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so this whole time I'm also teaching him how to use industry standard um, software because he, he builds his stuff differently, um, as well as how to build it like a booklet, like a book, um, and everything else. So it's going to up his game to where his actual manuals that he makes for his Etsy shop even get better, which is awesome. And that's the goal, is that he's going to be getting better that way. Um, so there was a bunch of, of fixes and corrections that I had for him, just like, for example, like a page ended up right next to the next one but he wasn't laying them out side by side when you lay it side by side it's like oh now i see exactly what you're talking about so we're like awesome p1 ends it's like shows characters and then it goes right to awesome p2 i'm like no we want to like allow that to flow maybe put the map for awesome p and then flip to the next page and you can maybe put some screenshots or allow it to flow so we added about four more pages to it where it flows nicely it looks amazing um so the like the the manuals are going to look great um and it's it's going to be a unique process because like literally he's going to design it, give me the layered files, and then him and I are going to walk through it and do have fun with it. There are so many Easter eggs in the Super Blood Hockey manual. It's so hilarious. Like if you play the game, you're going to enjoy the manual, and that's what we want. What? Yeah, exactly. That is that is why manuals exist because they were meant to go through. They kind of like like rev you up to play the game they're supposed to give mm-hmm. you something and uh, there's supposed to be a reason why you want to read through a manual not just to see the controls and i think that's going to be really fun with our releases is that it's not just a novelty piece in the in the case it is a legit real old school style manual that you will want to go cover you know from cover to cover from and i mean it's not like it's like super in-depth or anything like mind-blowing but we're like we're taking the time to to give it an extra shine some polish and that's what we want Mm -hmm. that little bit extra and we said that from day one we're going to give you that little bit extra that's what that's what we're doing with each and every piece now this stuff takes some time i'm okay with that um because like literally this is the the most fun of that i've i know you've been saying the same thing jp this is the most fun that that we've had like ever doing anything and i've been doing the books which are amazing to do and that this is like to the next level oh yeah i mean the fact that i literally 
got to do a direct that's like one more thing and I got to share an <laughs> announcement. And you know, I've I've been fortunate enough to partner with publishers and and reveal like an upcoming game of theirs and be, you know, the channel that shares, you know, you know, number number 30 of their release is going to be this one and you heard it here first. And that's a great feeling because it's like you're you're in the industry because you you know something that other people don't. But now to actually be publishing physical games and literally like you and me going through and, and saying like is it, do you want to try for this game like should we just reach out and just give it a shot and it and you know because of us this game may never have gotten uh, a physical otherwise unless you know mm-hmm. we we went for it and and that is going to be the case you know with some games where you know we've we've seen it already where we talk with the developer and they say oh yeah you know I'm speaking with a few publishers and we go okay you know we'll throw our hand in the ring and then there's others where we are the only ones because you know for AB, you know, reason ABC, there just never was a physical. And now we get to bring that. And I think that's great. I think it's fun. I think it's, uh, it's really interesting because um, it, it really is like a whole other side to the industry now that I'm on. You know, it I'm, does I'm, have to meet a few criteria though. Like, number one, um, JP and I have to like the game. Like, oh, yeah. there's been a few games that are like, really long experiences like have lots of great reviews not our cup of tea um and that's an issue because if i'm going to spend hundreds of hours doing stuff i'm not going to produce a soulless item jp can't go on interviews and do posts about something that he's not excited about like we're not going to put forth all that energy and what we do how we do it with something that we're not head over heels for and it's it sucks because like oh yeah business wise JP and I might be dumb in certain some of these games that we're not <laughs> we're not picking up on. However, um, we got to do it our way, and yeah. it's it's crazy though because like there's been a few games where we're like yeah we're not gonna fit or or another piece the developers need to be involved. So like we've had a few where the developers like hey you can't really talk with the developers because they're moving on to the next game. Um, we're like we just want to interview you or interview right. them. That's all we want to do. Like, we want to talk about your game and your experiences behind it. And we do a deluxe edition book. Like, I got to do a history piece on it. I can't do that if I don't talk to you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to just write a history book. I could do that without any, any without even publishing the game. Um, I want to get your experiences as a developer. And if they're not like that, we're like, well, um, probably not going to work out, unfortunately. Like, well... Like, you know, sometime if you actually get some time and, you know, we're still publishing on the Switch and the Switch 2 ain't out or something, um, we'll we'll go down that line again. We can talk again. Um, we never close the door, ever. Um, now, the third now the third piece before you, you, you chime in is that you mentioned, you know, some people have been working with other developers. If they already have a contract, we stop the we stop there and we just talk oh, yeah. to them. Like yeah. we, we, we have never, there's been a few times where we talk, where we ask about a game, we bound a phone call with them. They still want to talk to us and they're like, Oh yeah, we're, we're signing with blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Hey, so if you're signing with them, that's cool. Like we have a pretty packed release window. Like we're literally looking out and we're, we're pretty packed through 2021 and we mm-hmm. haven't announced everything people that are listening. So we're not, we're not going to talk about everything on the, the cast and we're going to leave treats. So JP has a one more thing. Um, mm-hmm. But like literally, we're not we're not that type of that's against both of our like feng shui or morals like moral morale like morals um, morale too. But um, it's literally against what we're for. Like we're doing this because we love games. We're not li- literally gonna be like, 
oh, we're going to pull this from a different company and go to us. Like, if we find out that happens sometime, like, that'll be a, a serious issue that we have um, yeah. where we can talk with the developer. Yeah, like, I'll jump back and, yeah, yeah. you know, you we're not going to state the game because it may still get a physical later on. And, you know, we're not going to, yes. that's not something that we're going to divulge. But I will say that to me was my first real dilemma is because this game that, you know, Jeffrey and I are alluding to, we played it, we had the opportunity to play it, talk with the team. And it's, it is a fantastic game. Like if for a genre, it's really great. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not going to speak negatively about it, but, for both of us, it wasn't our cup of tea. It just didn't mesh with us. It wasn't our style of, you know, the games that draw us in and, and you know, get us, like, really, really revved up. Even though it's a great game, it's just not for us. And, you know, Jeff was the first one. He's very blunt. You know, he'll say, yeah, this isn't for me. And I go, mm-hmm. well, we got to look at it on the other side is that it may not be for us. It could be for everybody else. And are we going to not you know try and go for a game that would do really well because it's not for us and at the end of the day if both of us can't market it and in in the way that you know it's true to us where like we are really passionate about it i i feel like i would be doing it a disservice because even though we would absolutely put out the best version that we can for this game mm-hmm. it, it it wouldn't click if that makes sense it's not that we're gonna do a bad job it's just i feel like it wouldn't it wouldn't be right in our hands because it's just not something that we're getting behind. Um, and you know what? That's okay. That's gonna happen because like you know there's genres that people love that we just never will, and that could be a reason why you never see something like of a specific genre through us. But as you can see already, we love retro, we love platformers, we love roguelites, we love you know we love. Old school games. We love new school. Like we, we I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I don't love all no roguelikes. Like it, it has to meet like it has to be a, a approachable, playable too. Like yes. any roguelikes that we're looking at, like Robot Name Fight Style. Like that game connects with me. There's enough okay. meat on the stick. Like, and that's the thing is like even the other game, the game that we pass on that genre, we still might like a game in that genre. It's just that one right. didn't mesh with us. It's right. weird. And- and I will say it's very weird going back to a company going like your game is great. We just don't feel it's right for our company. And it's not meant as an insult saying like, we don't think your game is good enough for us. It's more just, mm-hmm. we don't think we could do that game in the full justice that it's going to deserve with, uh, you know, somebody that's, that right. loves that style. And you know what? It's weird to say that cause it's, but it's, it's the truth. And, and that's what we have to do. We always have to stay true to, you know what we're passionate about because that's how we know we're going to be putting out the best type of games for our company and that means that people who are supporting us are going to get the best version of that game we mentioned it earlier is we're going slow and if i'm spending a quarter on something and it's a game that's not my cup of tea it's like well i'm going to be spending an entire quarter of a year (laughs) with something that's that other people are going to love, but not really me. And then right. am I really going to be putting in the extra time and effort to go over the top and do the extra when I'm yeah. not really super passionate about it? It's tough. And mm-hmm. again, if we were racking and sacking games, we could probably throw out some stuff with, and, you know, put together art book in there, or art yeah. book manual or whatever, and just toss a CD release with everything. And just like cookie cutter, some releases. That's not what we do. No. And also, you know, when you think about it, 
five years down the road, hopefully we're doing well and, you know, we we have a good track record. We may have a bigger team. And there could be someone on our team that absolutely loves this game or loves yes. that style. And that's the person that's literally going to be in the forefront of our company, like advocating for that game. And that's how yeah. it may happen. But here's here's why it's good that there's lots of publishers, because all the publishers like different games. And I guarantee you there's no shortage of really good games on the eShop that deserve to be physically done. Um, mm -hmm. So I have no doubt that, you know, the game that we tried is going to get a physical at some point. And maybe at that point, you know, we'll say like, yep, that was the one that we're talking about back on episode 67. Uh, maybe not, but I'm well, not we'll concerned talk about it once it once it actually gets on. We just don't want to yeah. like take anything away from it. Right. But, you know, it, that's what I like is like, you know, we already talked about our schedule for 2021 is nearly full. But again, uh -huh. we're slow rolling it. So maybe all those games in 2021, you won't even see in 2021. It really all depends on how you know each release you know rolls out as you can see we're already working on super blood hockey and pigeon dev and reworking it before it even you know came out so we are not rushing anything and we won't just mm -hmm. be shoving things into fit into a schedule it's, it's really going to be i've I've, yeah. I've kicked back the slipcase like multiple times like it's yeah. just it, it needs to be flawless yeah like that's just it and i mean so we said like we are getting full like so if we're only doing one deluxe a quarter like we have Pigeon Dev first quarter, um, mm -hmm. you know, like and December into the first quarter. Then we got Robot Name Fight, and we got um, Sunshine Anthology. That's three deluxes. So we only really have room for one more deluxe. And we've been talking with people. We already have stuff out there. So yep. um, and then if we do any more premium onlys throughout, sprinkled throughout, like it'll it'll have to be while we're ordering stuff, as we said, we're doing things. I think we mentioned it last episode, doing things in pairs of two. Right. Um, so we, we have other things already. We have other games signed. So <laughs> like we already have stuff in there and honestly, like it'll be really easy to, to load up quick, but we're not doing multiple pre-orders either. Like when we do one pre-order, we got to have the other in hand game with the deluxe and everything right. before we move forward. Like, just and no matter what, we have to have Super Blood Hockey in people's hands, and that is still the number priority one priority. One, priority number one is yeah. Super Blood Hockey. If they could get past Lachak, I would feel <laughs> a lot better. But literally, I said we'll fix in ROM on the last one, and I can't update the ROM, so that's great. <laughs> love nintendo thanks nintendo um it, it's literally what every other developer and publisher is going through is that like we're like let me upload it and i will fix it like yep. like let me let me upload people just let me do it <laughs> i don't know why the the process is so slow but it is and it's crazy because and because of covid nintendo takes a long time to get back to us yeah like just let us let us do these that. are first game problems people we'll get through it and then it'll just be uh it'll be fun from there there on out at least for jeff i know that yeah works. right now at least for you not for me <laughs> <laughs> i just heard that it continues down this madness hole um that's the thing though is that we're keeping our team small too like anybody we're bringing on like a rowan um we brought erica's part of the team barry's part of the team um frank the tank frank the tank is part of the team. I mean, heck, even Dan, part of our, he does at his videos, he's part of the team. Like, yep. Paul does our, our slipcases. He's part of the team. Um, but we're keeping things smaller, and that is much smaller than some of the other companies. Um, right. it's not, there's no way that just JP and I could do everything. 
Oh, no, not no, a no. not a chance. Um, I mean, you even have digital, you know, not digital, but um, we even have our international distributor, like Sydney from Video Games Plus. He's a really cool dude. He's part of the team. Yep. Like we're we're doing we're working with him. Like he's doing all. We're trusting him with all the international like customers. That's a big mm-hmm. deal. Like so, we have a, a really cool team going with Premium Edition. It's just. We're um when we're talking about taking on more games, we would have to be substantially bigger. And right mm-hmm. now we're moving slow purposely. No rush. We're not we're here for the long haul. Oh yeah, exactly. Like I mean, I, I always say it, um, you know, uh to everybody at my main job. Rome wasn't built in a day. Yep. It's true. Yeah. That's literally it. Like like we're just gonna make everything happen. Um, and we're going to do what we can. Like, we're just going to put stuff out. Yes, we so, are. So, really cool uh, little update. Absolutely. How you doing, Barry? It's good. It's good to actually be on the playcast again with somebody else and not just myself. Let me tell you, it's lonely. You're a human. <laughs> uh, yeah, like it's literally us making things happen, whatever we can. I just sent Barry a message. I'm like, hey, you ready? You gonna go? He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, human interaction. All right, <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, you're. <laughs> The irony is, is because we're getting close to Halloween, I, I had the idea of, like, let's talk about some Halloween-themed Switch games, horror games. Yeah. And I figured it'd be pretty fun, pretty cool. Um, of course, the only thing that comes to my mind, which, ironically, I don't think Barry has on the games that he um, has in his collection, is a little-known game called Haunted Halloween 86. Um... What's cool about this one is actually know both um, both of the developers of the game. Um, so that game is developed by Retrotainment, and I have nothing up, by the way. This developed by Retrotainment. Uh, my buddies Greg and Tim, um, Greg Caldwell and Tim Hartman, run Retrotainment, and they actually originally released this on the NES as a sequel to Haunted Halloween 85. Uh, both are beat-em-ups, and this one you're going through the town of Possum Hollow, <laughs> and, and as a guy named Timmy, and you're beating the crap out of zombies and a bunch of other Halloween-themed enemies. Um, there's a harvester at the end, who's the end boss, and he's like your main antagonist. And what was introduced in 86 was the, um, a second character named Tammy, and a bunch of combos and unlockables, and it's a really fun game. Love it on the NES. And fortunately, 
before the Switch, they literally just ported it. They didn't up-res, upscale, which ironically on Steam they got criticized for, but I like that they left it all aspects and retro-friendly. Um, really awesome thing. I did notice online uh, within the last this week that they do have it on sale. I think it's like $2.99 right now on sale. So it is definitely worth a $3 pickup to play a really fun retro-style NES game that actually conforms to the NES limitations to make a really fun experience. And it's 100% Halloween. Halloween's the name, man. Like, right there, yeah. Right there. Um, as for if Premium's going to pick it up, I mean, we haven't talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, though, like, if you think about it, people will always ask us, and you can attest in Discord, Barry, are you going mm-hmm. to pick up this game, that game? Um, well, if the game's on sale for $3, and we have to charge, like, 35 40 bucks for the game to do it physically, um, that's a big difference in price, right? And when we go about all this stuff, it's um it's something like that where we want everybody to get a get a value even if the game's amazing. But in this case, I would be like, hey Tim and Greg, if you put your other NES games on cartridge as an MHD multi application card, then we would talk. Because yeah. I think if they ported eighty five plus maybe a couple of their buddies' games or something that are Halloween themed, um, that would be a boon and that would be really fun as a as a quad pack. So we never say never, but, like, porting over physically a $3 game is just one of those things that at least would be bad for me, right? Well, so I've always been one to, that I love the, the MACs, as you call them. Like, I love having these compilations. But to play a little devil's advocate, uh, I believe Revenge of the Bird King was, like, on sale for, like, $0.98. Cents, and how much does that physical go for on PS4? <laughs> I mean, that is true, but the key with the Revenge of the Bird King is, is that I don't think you have to do 5,000 copies. No, no. <laughs> there's, there's far yeah. less copies, of course. But, no, there, I mean, you, you know going in, getting the physical, you're going to pay more. Um, for some, it's really hard to swallow. I remember one of our first episodes we did together was Downwell. And mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, I, I played so the, the Special Reserve <laughs> version of that game. And uh, the game was like ninety eight cents, or you know, three ninety nine, or two. It was like it was really cheap, and I was like, oh man, you know. But I, you I know, did that might this. be an interesting topic later, Barry, for us to do for our playcast is games that were released physically that are later like a buck, because there's a lot, there's a lot out there, and games that are available physically that are on Xbox uh, Game Pass. Yeah. Like I, I constantly like because again I'm a selective collector for the Switch, like, I will absolutely play a game on Game Pass if it's available, because I want to try it out before I, I purchase it. Then I'm not going for a complete collection like you are. Mm, yeah, so in that regards, you're lucky, and sometimes even going for a complete collection, uh, I still have to go the other routes, like when we did the Evil Land episode, you know, that game shot up in value and physical, and I just paid the four ninety nine and downloaded it and played it that way. And, yeah. and that, I think that's not only a product of COVID, but it's also just a product of the collector market. And it, it is totally a first world problem, but it's also a problem that I kind of anno- like annoys me just because if I want to play a game and it's in my backlog 
and I'm like, all right, I'm finally going to get to this game. I actually have to research what it's going for still new because I don't open my games until I play them. And some of these games just shoot up in value. And it's like, well, I want to play this game, but now it's like so much more money. Uh, and if I open it, I'm like devaluing it. And it's like, let me, is there another avenue that I can play this game? And sometimes I'm like, you know what, screw it. I don't care. Uh, I'm just going to play it anyway. But it, it is that's, weird. That's that we have to play. Yeah. Because like I'll sit there and buy games. Um, and I don't always open them until I play them, but I do buy every game with the intent to play them. So, like, I don't care if it's worth a lot. Like, I still want to enjoy the game and play it and get the experience. But I do open some games early if they come with tchotchkes that they don't put in the in the, in the case. So if it has a card or other things, like, I'll literally open it so I can put the card away because I don't want to have a loose card sitting around. Yeah, well, as long as it fits. So I hate when they give you extra stuff and it doesn't fit, and I just have to like put it next to it. Yeah, I mean, like literally, if you're doing like a, a postcard, you can do a smaller postcard that fits in the case. Come on, other publishers. Exactly. But, like, I mean, we will absolutely be developing things that fit inside the case when it can. With the book, it's not gonna fit in the case, okay? No. But, but I do want it to be asymmetrical and be the same size as our deluxe box that we're doing deluxe case um i want it to all be symmetrical so it's one of those things where it's like we're gonna make logistical choices like be, like be smart about it like and again collector's mindset but that was a good um off the rails there i like it we got one game <laughs> comfort <laughs> one game i was thinking that i'm like wow we totally got off the rails here but but i think that's, that's one of the things people like about our playcast is we don't always stick to topics um nope. so let me get back on topic let's get back to rails um you know horror is probably my least favorite of all gaming genres it's just i've never i'm not one to be scared uh, the heart conditions do actually run in my family so it's one of those i try to stay away from but there's one series i absolutely think about when i think about halloween and the heart, and that is the Castlevania series. And what better way to celebrate Halloween than with the spiritual successor, which is the Bloodstained series, uh, you know, Ritual of the Night and Curse of the Moon 1 and 2. Uh, all fantastic games, all available on the Switch. Two of three physical right now with Curse of the Moon 2 coming later. And uh, yeah, like that is just awesome Metroidvania over the top action. You know, not spooky, scary, but definitely with horror themes and and horror monsters, and that is probably my number one uh, on the the Switch in terms of like Halloween based themes. But I do I do have a list of other horror games that are on the Switch. Neither of those do you know pick your appetite. So yeah, Castlevania is a really good one, and we do um, potentially have some opportunities to play the Castlevanias, of course. Yeah, the Castlevania that. collection is coming too. That it's is so cool, and I can't wait to play some Vania on the, on the Switch. Um, now, is the Castlevania collection only going to be the Nintendo Super Nintendo, or are we going to have some, some PC Engine Rondo? Or, or uh, I believe it is NES, SNES, Game Boy. Or some of the Game Boy, not all of them. I don't think Legends is there. Um, it already exists. It's already there digitally, so you might have already played the, the collection if you do play digital games, but the physical mm. is not out yet. It is coming soon. Yeah, I have not played, have not played the collection um, yet because I'm going to wait for the physical to come out because, you know, as we do. And that's only, that's one definitely want to own physically. Yeah, we only get physical here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a monster but, for us. But uh, looking through 
<clears throat> before we did this segment, I actually looked through my collection uh, and just yeah. just briefly through uh, what what I would consider horror games. And I was surprised. There's a lot of horror themed games on the Switch. Actually, um, got one that we covered on the Playcast. Um, which Outlast. Yes. So the Outlast double pack was um was a really cool one. Um, again though, like that type of the survival in a polygonal sense not really my cup of tea um and it was just literally the way it was presented because things were so dark um and it was a lot of die and trial and try again for outlast um we never did play outlast 2 on playcast so i don't know if it actually shapes up later it might but there was another horror themed uh, digital only unfortunately game that we did for the playcast town of light was uh the oh, yeah. but that is very much a horror theme that that the spookiest insane asylum and you know that was very creepy i don't like so that's, good one. that's another one and then if there was uh, i forget the name of it now there was that one that you didn't get to download that we did that was like five dollars that jp liked and i hated Oh, now I can't think of its name. I'm sure oh. a listener would be like, oh, yeah, that one. I remember oh, you guys I remember that about. one. Was it like Blood Feast or no? Yeah, Blood, blood Something. It was, yeah, I remember it was, because like I gave JP crap for that. I was like, yeah, yeah. Way, to, way, to, way to support the playcast, JP. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was, I just did not like it. JP seemed to enjoy it, but but that's a digital-only title. I, I'm just looking through the physicals. But I forgot about Town of Light until you mentioned playing Outlast. I'm like... Oh, yeah, there was something else we did. That's right. <laughs> Considering that we're during lunchtime, by the way, I will be eating while we do this recording, listener. That will mute so you don't have to hear me chewing, hopefully. <laughs> well, while, while, while Jeff is, is chewing, uh, let me go through some of this list that I have here and let's oh. see if any of these are any of your favorites or any of the listeners' favorites at all. Um, so there is the, the Resident Evil series, which I have played some of. Um, we had you know, 0, 1, 4, 5, 6, and Revelations 1 and 2 are all on the Switch. And all but, I think, 1, 5, and 6 are physical, um, but they're all there on the Switch, minus 2 and 3. Uh, some great survival horror, if, if that's your thing. Uh, Remothered, the second game just came out of Tortured Fathers and Broken Porcelain. Um, they're, I'm not sure of the quality of them, but I, I believe they're horror-themed. Uh, the Devil May Cry series has a horror theme. I mean, it started out as Resident Evil. They're digitally... Uh, there, there's the Japanese physical of the trilogy, which I think is only the first game. But uh, I completely forgot that those games came out. I yeah. love the Devil May Cry games. I probably need to get that physically before it goes up in price. Well, the again, the the physical is Japanese. I don't, I don't even have the physical. I just, I never thought about it. But the, um, but yeah, it's only the first game. It's like Resident Evil. It's, it's Capcom being cheap. So I'm not, I'm not really a fan of that. Hopefully, there's a. U.S. release. Oh, so only the first games on the cartridge? Yeah, two and three are download. Oh, I hate that. Yep. Capcom's known for doing it. Well, uh, yeah, because I had literally had to buy Rockman X Collection 2 to get it physically. Yep, right. exactly. And, and Rockman Legacy Collection 2 only came physically in the, the big Rockman Collection bundle in Japan. Yeah. I got that, too, and just for that one game, because yep. I love Mega Man. I did it for Rockman X uh, Legacy Collection 2 as well, because I just never got the Japanese, so I was happy. I was like, oh, at least I'm getting two games out of this big set. But uh, that, that's Capcom for you. 
another one which which Howard Lincoln said would never come to the you know Nintendo, of course, Night Trap. You know, Night Trap is the not not totally Halloween, but definitely has a horror element. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good one. And and uh, the other but what I heard really good, Little Nightmares Complete Edition, that got a PAL uh, physical and it's digitally here. And the second game is, is coming out very shortly. Um, so I've heard good things about it. It definitely looks spooky. Like you're you're like constantly on the run. Isn't there a game called Grave Digger, Gravekeeper, or something? Yes, there is a Grave Digger game. That was I didn't put that on the list. I wasn't sure what that was. I I have it. <laughs> I mean, it's the Reaper on the front. So you're yeah, but that, that doesn't always mean it's hard. It's yeah, Grave it is Danger. One that I have though. It's called Grave Danger. Hmm. Uh, it includes. It's uh, I don't know. It could be horror themed, but uh, that's from Funbox. But that that did get a European release. Uh, so speaking of G's, uh, one that I might play sometime soon because I've always wanted to is is Ghostbusters Remastered. Oh, I don't have that one yet either. Damn. And that came out. <laughs> You're giving me a must buy list now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean. That Ghostbusters, that that's essentially the third movie. It's had everybody come back. Um, so yeah, that that's definitely one. And if you're talking about horror movies, one of them that comes to mind really quickly is Friday the thirteenth. And that's on the Switch too, the Ultimate Slasher edition. Yeah, Friday the thirteenth and then the other what's the other game that came out on that's exactly the same formula, but you play as horror movie characters that's, from all over. That's uh that's all my that's Dead by Daylight. That's also another Dead one. by Daylight. Did Dead by Daylight come on the Switch, right? Did it come yes. physically? Yes, it did. Damn, I don't have that one yet either. Ah. <laughs> that one did. Uh, <laughs> that one definitely did come physically. Uh, then, of course, going to cult horror uh, and a little psychological is the Deadly Premonition games, the Origins and Two, which is, Two is exclusive to the Switch. Um, both of those are yeah, available. Physically. Those are really cool. Uh, those those I've heard I've heard good things. I, I may need to check those out. Another one I put down was Deathmark. Um, I think that's a visual novel, but it has a lot. So that might actually be up my alley because I love the Zero Escape games, and those are very much horror themed. Uh, there's the Coma. There's two two games of that. Recut came out, I believe, in America, but then there's the uh, the two pack, the double pack that came out in Japan and Asia. Um, there's Cola Cthulhu. Which is one I had, and I never really thought about it. Apparently, it is an RPG with psychological horror elements, so that kind of intrigues me. I don't know if you've played that. That's or... actually pretty funny. It's actually pretty funny. Yeah, no, I haven't played like any of these games. Like, I really need to play them all. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, so many. Um, I didn't one... realize there was this many. Oh, there's more. There, one one movie game that didn't come physically here, I believe only digitally, at least physically here on the Switch, but it is uh, physical in Japan and it is in English, is Blair Witch. Blair Witch got a game on the Switch. So I remember when that was the big rage in, in movies. And uh, another movie-based game, Zombieland Double Tap Road Trip. Uh, it's on the Switch. So it's like, wow, there's all these games coming out. Uh, there's also Zombie Army Trilogy. Uh, I haven't played that. I was say, Zombie Army Trilogy definitely came out. Yeah, that that's a physical. Uh, then there's the uh, Yamawari, the Long Night Collection. That's two games. Those are those are horror based games. Uh, originally Vita, but uh, they're on the Switch now, and I haven't I haven't touched them. Uh, I remember when they came out, they were like big deals. So 
they might have to check those out this Halloween. Uh, and speaking of, uh, again, going back to more media, uh, one that I'm sure people are, are saying out loud maybe is The Walking Dead. The final season came out physically on the Switch. I think, yeah. I think yeah. it's only the first game or first episode. But What but, about uh, um, the Namcot collection being able to play Splatterhouse? With that, yeah, that Splatterhouse. Yeah. Huh? I'm going to go deep down the rabbit hole when I'm with my stuff. Hey, like, hey. Random. That's great because these are all ideas. I mean, there's so many. Um, then then those are the ones I had like listed as like really like absolute horror. But then there's other ones I have listed that are like not as horror, but but can be considered by some. Uh, the first well, you one forgot is one. You forgot one that's like actually horror that's, that's well, on the switch. Well. Sunshine Anthology. Come oh, on now. Yeah. <laughs> the Sunshine Anthology. You're right. I'm, I'm talking, I'm, I said I went through my physical collection. Uh, I don't yeah. have that yet, but I am a Kickstarter backer. <laughs> I, <laughs> me, I have too, Kickstarter. me too. Me <laughs> too. Ironically, all of, all of us, even JP, we all back on Kickstarter and support. Uh, I think it's getting close to being funded. I think it's about, uh, close to 75% right now. Yeah. Oh, no. It'll, it'll be funded. Doing good. Uh, yeah, and, and again, as we mentioned, like JP and I talked about it too, is like the Kickstarter funds are going toward the development of the game. Of course, all the physical tiers, that amount goes toward the physical items, so you are helping do the physical print run, but we don't holistically expect to sell out or fund the entire physical print run. We're doing our own premium edition, right? So, just putting that out again. I'll put it out a million times. <laughs> Got to make sure to mention it. Um, but going, going on... Um, I don't know if you've played it or not. I haven't, and, and I'm actually more intrigued as I looked into it. A game called Vampire, which is an action RPG. And what really intrigues me is it's made by Dontnod, who made Remember Me and Life is Strange. And I really like the Life is Strange series. So mm-hmm. I might have to look into this. Um, I don't know if you've played that one or not. I have not. I don't have it, no. Um, then there's one that some people consider hard. It's actually one of the things that that steered me away from the first two games, but I did play through and beat the third one, which is the Bioshock collection. Oh, um, Bioshock's awesome. Definitely horror elements in there. Um, I, I love another the one. I do not have, but I have the originals on PS3. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you have the originals. original Xbox, the thing, your Xbox 360. Jeez. Yeah, it was 360. Uh, another one, another, another port to the switch remastered is dark souls. You know, not specifically Halloween horror, but definitely a lot of horror and, and spooky elements in that game, if you've ever played it. Have you played the uh, Switch version of Dark Souls? I have not I, yet. I have not. I only played the 360 version. There's the a lot of games we need to load for Playcast episodes. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, one, now, a series that I have played and I absolutely love um, are the Darksiders series. And the Switch has the original is the War Mastered Edition, 2 is the Definitive Edition, and Genesis, of course, which I played earlier this year when it came out. Um, I love I the Darksiders. The, uh, the original had that uh, quote-unquote variant cover that had black on the spine. <laughs> it yep. wasn't really fair. It was literally they left off a layer. Yep. The, uh, yeah, it's so funny. Uh, this is, I mean, they're not actually horror games. They're more action. Uh, Zelda-like, Diablo-like, RPG-like. Um, but they are absolutely... You know, there's a lot of demons and angels. They're, there's, they're, they're awesome. They're definitely awesome. And then, speaking of, I actually mentioned the next one on my list, which another game I played and really enjoyed in the Switch, is Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, you know, a great... I think I think it's actually top Diablo two for me at this point. 
And the Switch version is the only version that you can play without being online, which I love. <laughs> you can play single player without an internet connection. Yeah. So that's, that, that's absolutely. Do you talk about um, Doom on your list? Yes, Doom is, <laughs> is the next one. Yeah, Doom and and hopefully Doom Eternal coming soon. Uh, again, absolutely. And all one, two, and three are on there. Uh, the originals. Uh, those are those are under digital as of now. Unfortunately, Doom sixty four is coming out, but yeah, all of those are are not specifically horror, but absolutely have horror elements. Uh, one I had never played, and I really don't know much about, but it was on my list. Uh, Mortal Realms Vampire Wars came out, so I'm I'm not totally sure on that one, but that that that, I'm, that might be. I figured it's more like RPG horror, um, but then. Then the one that for the kiddies, like you know, kiddies maybe this some of the stuff is too scary. Uh, Hotel Transylvania Three Monsters Overboard is on the Switch, so that that's loaded with Halloween monsters, right? Vampires and mummies and that's all and the classic guys, right? All like Wolfman, all the classic. Um, one I put down that some people might not feel as hard, but I feel it does have some some horror elements. Hollow Knight has some. Some of the dark elements. Yeah, Hollow Knight has some has some aesthetics to it. It's darker. Yeah, very much so. So I put that horror, more atmospheric, but could be considered atmospheric horror. Sometimes, sometimes the atmosphere is scarier than the actual frights. I haven't played it or not, but but uh, Hello Neighbor and Hello Neighbor Hide and Seek. Um, yeah, they they definitely give off that the spooky vibes. Uh, and uh, another another children's game, or at least for me, it was a children's game. Uh, Goosebumps, you know, mm. the game is on there, and, and that that was a big horror, you know, series when we were kids. And uh, it's great to see that's still on the Switch. Uh, one that I put again, atmosphere car. This is more atmosphere car. A uh, Thimbleweed Park. That is, <laughs> it is a mystery, point and click, Maniac Mansion creators, awesome, awesome game, but it definitely has. Not nothing spooky, nothing super scary, but it has that atmospheric horror. It does have like ghosts and stuff in it. Yeah, Thimbleweed Park though, good. Good. Uh, and then I put down Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, you know, another yeah, Dark Souls Salt type game. Yeah, Dead Cells. Yeah. Yeah, Dead Cells is another. Anything that might be considered a Souls like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I put down a, a few that are coming out. That are not out yet or, or shipping now. Uh, Darkwood from Super Rare Games is is one that just just came out. It's on their site now. Um, that is uh, they're like they're really the first horror game that they're going in on. Um, I put down Shadow Man. I don't know if you ever played Shadow Man. I loved it on the N64, and that is coming out. Uh, they're remastering that, and that's coming to the Switch. And that is one I I can't wait to revisit. Even though I'm not a big horror fan, I just I really liked it. It's like action, adventure, RPG. It reminds me of like the Legacy of Kane style games, uh, but with with some little jump scares and little spooky stuff. I don't know if you you ever played it or not. Mm-hmm. No, I never played it, but I mean, I have a 64 EverDrive, so I could fire it up. Yeah, it was also on the Dreamcast and the PlayStation, and then there was a sequel on the PS2 as well. But uh, the first one is getting remastered and it is coming to the Switch. So that that was my list. A lot of more games than I really expected to find in the, the yeah, hearth. Yeah, I didn't expect that many. Damn. I mean, so, you got to think about, too, a little bit of atmospheric Undertale. Oh, yeah. Um, that's that's true. Yeah. I mean, the, the the rabbit hole goes as far as you want it. And, of course, some people might, might look at something like, oh, every Halloween I 
boot up Mario 64 and I, I do, you know, Big Boo's Haunt. That gets me in the mood. Um, sometimes it just takes a level in a game that's not necessarily horror. Uh, the game itself, not horror, but it, it puts you in that mood. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. You know, if that's what you want to play, there's so many uh horror elements in so many games and i like like the non-spooky horror i like it's the the jump scares and the the really you know trying to get you to to panic and sweat like that's the kind of stuff i stay away from speaking of that um five nights at freddy's is coming that's another one freddy's is coming physically (laughs) I'm I'm gonna be getting it, and I'm getting it the the VR version as well on PS4. But there's no way in hell I'm popping that in. <laughs> no way now. Even even like the last when they showed it off that it was coming, uh, was it the Nintendo Direct or it was one Direct or something like that? And it, like it had like to jump scare it, and I'm like, uh, oh, I hate you so much right now. <laughs> I forget where they showed. No, but there's one a, there's of the a... many one of the many weekly videos. For a while there yeah yeah it was it was one of them I, they did so many i forgot uh even last week they did the treehouse so uh yeah, they haven't so stopped this this week i don't think there's anything i think think this week is a break in fact there's not there's not really that much news this week <laughs> i'm trying no. to think Mm-mm. and so ironically earlier on this episode listeners about to hear but you get to hear jp when i reveal my uh, switch kiosk <laughs> yes that, like, that I'm it's such a natural response because you and i were, were chatting i'm like you just can't tell jp because i want to reveal it on the link <laughs> and i did not tell him at all just, like it was so funny though it was, like, it was so good it, and, it's yeah. so interesting how you know the, the reaction is different when you told me and i guessed it because you're like, oh, here it is. And, and like you showed me a picture of it. And I, I guessed one of three things that it was. And, and of course, it was the kiosk. But it was like, I'm happy for you. Like, I'm like, yeah, that's great. I can't have that. I don't have the room for it. And I'm happy you're getting it. I'm happy you're enjoying it. I'm happy your daughter's enjoying it. Like, I don't understand getting angry at another collector. for. Oh, he wasn't kids. angry. He just went, he did that, oh. <laughs> Not angry, but you know, like like the, the jealousy, you know that. Like, oh, look no. look at the episode when when I you know we talked about oh, yeah, the, the Olympics. Olympic <laughs> one, the Olympic, the Olympic massacre of 2020. <laughs> I mean that that was a scary episode. I was I was scared for my life, and and in fact there might be another incident of that possibly uh, because I did get another game in that that I did have an English cover. I didn't know it existed, and I don't know if he knows it exists. And I asked him about it, but he hasn't responded. So uh, that won't be live, unfortunately. But but I'm interested to see if he's got an English cover or not of it. And so yeah, with with the. Uh the kiosk i am looking i'm waiting for the the tv to arrive because i do have the exact kiosk model coming um but also the uh little touch screen on there is is with it but that's just a raspberry pi so i'm looking to see if there's any way to to add a custom payload on that or something to where i could have like something really cool on that because i like because you can take out micro sd cards i'll keep the the stock one and i'll have a mount custom payload to play like that could be interesting. Either have some videos on there, or even a pie with retro pie on it, or something. That is cool. Yeah, but definitely keep that original one. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna mess with the uh, the original SD card, but I will put a new one in it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 
looking around to see if I can find anything. There's nobody who's actually modified one of those yet, but it'll be cool to see. The other thing I got to see about is, is there a way so I can have everything last longer? Is there a way to unplug the, the light fixtures for normal play? Oh, yeah. You don't want them burning the whole time. Yeah, I don't want to burn out the lights or cause burn-in behind the Switch logo or any of that. So, so I do know that there's a, inside the kiosk, there's a um, power strip. So I know that plugs in somewhere. We'll figure out where that is and see if there's a spot where I can unplug the, the light apparatuses. If you can, so then that's cool. Then I'm literally just going to use it because it's for London to play with me. So. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that up and running and and when you when you have it all finished cuz it, yeah. it looks in fantastic shape. Oh, it's, the thing that was crazy and I mentioned it earlier with JP is like they had there was a couple issues with it. Um number one is it was like bent up at the top, so it looked like when they unloaded it from a vehicle, they slid it out and like pulled on it and just pried up the uh the top metal. Um all I did was I undid that with two screws, bent it back, and it's, like, flawless. Like, nice. didn't mess with the paint or anything. It literally looks perfectly flat and flawless. And it took me two seconds to fix that. <laughs> so, um, the other thing was is that the guy who bought it, it was a GameStop that was closing in Orlando, is what he told me. Um, and he's part of the... So, for those that don't know, there is a kiosk collectors group on Facebook, and that's where I literally saw somebody else post the git of a switch kiosk and i said hey that looks really cool and then this guy messaged me <laughs> literally how lucky i got you, you never know around. never know i've been looking for one ever since uh, retro liberty got theirs on they did a video pickup or they did their video pickup show on youtube and they, it was like a year or two ago i've been just like man that's awesome their base is too huge though the base that i got small and it can pivot so i have a caddy cornered and it's fun a little so it's actually face it. So all I got to do is turn my, my recliner that I got and I can play switch. Um, but it was cool seeing it, but that guy contacted me. Uh, he said while he watched the store manager, they um, didn't have a damn triangle bit. So instead of finding a triangle bit to undo the, um, the Joy-Con controller, like the, uh, the plug, he literally snipped it in front of him oh. after he already paid for it. Wow. I was, like, I was like, he was like, dude. And he, he paid for the the TV, everything. The, they gutted the TV and the, the switch from it and um, cut that cord for the uh, controller instead of literally just undoing the screws. I would have been so mad. Yeah. And the thing was, is it was they, like they were locking the doors that night or something. So it's like he either had to take it or leave it type deal. And then he um, he said he had ideas for projects, but didn't have any space. It was sitting in a storage unit, so he's getting rid of it. And I was like, my uh, fortune. I was like, well, it's not going anywhere but my place, and that's where it's going. And my daughter's going to get enjoyment out of it playing my Switch. And you, you never know. Like that's just that's that's to me the best part about social media because social media is so toxic overall. But there's those moments when people can just connect never met before and one can help out the other and they both yep. actually help each other out and it's just awesome it's, i do have to say thanks to my buddy adam who's out here in georgia with me whereas i was able to use his truck to go pick it up we drove 
three and a half hours each way in his truck. So that way I didn't have to rent a U-Haul. U-Haul rental is expensive. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's yeah. like, oh $20 to run it. Well, it's seven cents a mile. I did 400 miles. Do the math. <laughs> I'm not paying the, not paying on over 200 just to drive. Like I, I covered his gas and, um, lunch and everything and we hung out and London went with us and we all had a fun road trip. Gas station oh, My daughter loves gas station snacks. So, <laughs> it was a fun little trip and London today or last night was like, hey, can we do another trip? That was fun. <laughs> like, oh, no. I'm not driving again. No. <laughs> what if you started? <laughs> well, like, oh. I was out in Douglasville, which is near Atlanta, on Saturday in that hurricane, and she we did the trip there, and she liked that too. Damn. Well, pretty w- soon, like when they reopen conventions, like I'll be bringing London to any of them that I can drive to. Like she comes in, she's already went to conventions with me. She actually went with me to one in Cal in L.A. in California. Um, she went with me, and we we hung out, and she ran around with some of the other kids, and had a great time. Man, I miss conventions. <laughs> I hope that we didn't, like, they're not gone now because some of the big ones undoubtedly will still go on, but there were so many that popped up that I hope that they can survive for the next time because, like, I would go around and we'd be doing our after-party hangouts and all this stuff, and I'm like, you know, we're in, like, a opportunity. We're in a situation that we may never have again. And I would say I mean, that was before COVID. Like, this is, like, seriously awesome. Like, we're all getting together, gaming, and all this all the time. Like, this can't last. That's why I kept telling people. I'm like, but we need to make, that's why I was like, we need to make the best of it. I never go to bed early on the conventions. Like, I go out to every, do all the things. Because you never know. And now, the last one I did, like, that was the last one that's existed since then. I think that was Game On in Arizona that I went to. Um, and that was the last one. So, <laughs> it's been a year later now, and there's no conventions. Yeah, last one I did, I think, was near Comic-Con last year. And that would have been this previous weekend, this weekend that just yeah. passed. And, I mean, they did something online. I didn't even pay attention to it, but it was just, it's not the same. And it was just yeah. like, so weird. Like, oh, man, I should be going out to the con right now, and, and I'm not. And uh, it's just, it's sad. You know, certain things you look forward to in meeting people and, and hanging out with friends and seeing, with, you know, <sighs> This sucks. Oh, COVID sucks. We need to get I back do, to normal. I do know that, um, you know, to, that premium edition, whenever we have a um, location, you know, our offices, the plan is to get somewhere that has a little bit of land around or at least parking lots. So we can do like quarterly swap meets or something. So we can have the community get together. We do premium edition swap meets and we all just hang out trade games, tell stories, hang out, our own little mini conventions. I actually do in a convention. <laughs> like, have fun with it. That's kind of the idea. And, of course, in the office is where the Switch Chaos is going from, in, in the in the last term. And unless, like, my daughter gets so engrossed with it where she doesn't want to lose it. But the idea is to put that in the in the office space for premium. You've already lost it. She's already addicted to it, just looking at it. And I mean, putting some Pokemon stickers. She, yeah, she told her mom that I don't want you to have Animal Crossing on the on the marquee anymore, mommy. She 
was mad at her. I didn't get ready for school. Too funny. I was like, you got to be nice to mommy. Take oh, yes. That. She's going to take the kiosk into her room. <laughs> I'm not moving that thing. <laughs> yeah, she'll pay somebody to do it if she has to. <laughs> yeah, the, the, so the funny thing was is that obviously there was no instructions with the switch kiosk, so I had to like figure out what all these metal pieces were. It, like half the stuff was like in the bottom of the kiosk, and I was pulling out all these metal pieces and screws and bits, and so I put everything together with with, with what makes makes logical sense. There was this plastic piece though where the switch console goes to that I put in there, and it like you put the switch in there and it fits there perfectly, like it fits there tightly, not like super tight, like I couldn't grab the switch, and. There was this little red piece, and I put it in the back. I was like, oh, this must be what anchors it against the wall in case you need to, because it, like, pops out perfectly out of the back. Uh, nope, that red piece, actually, is what you put in the back on that same spot where I had the plastic piece to anchor down the switch uh, dock. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. oh, it makes so much more sense that it goes there. <laughs> like, it's, like, hanging out the back of a, a panel, an access panel in the back of the kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this thing doesn't move, so it's not like it needs to be anchored at all. It ain't going anywhere. And one of the things that I was mentioning during the JP segment was, this is much different because I've had a Super Nintendo kiosk, and this is much different piece. This is actually something that I will use daily, essentially. And the reason being is because with the Switch, the Super Nintendo kiosk, the controllers are attached to the kiosk. You have to stand there to play it or use the towel parcel. It's stand against the kiosk and play. You can't just chill yeah. on your couch. Switch kiosk is literally a switch. So you sit back in your couch on the TV and you got it in the game room. Like it is actually a playable kiosk. It's one of the coolest kiosks that I've seen that's actually practical for a normal gamer. Yeah. There aren't too many of those. There aren't too many of those at all. That's, that's very true. I mean, kiosks are designed to, so you only play for a short period of time. And to yeah, like, so hey, I'm, I'm going to play like a super nintendo rpg like you're not going to play that on a kiosk you're going to be t- no. sore and where barry no space barry is gonna gonna want to get one is the, the i think it's the walmart kiosk or it could be target they actually have a collector's case underneath it like a, a glass collector's case because mine you know has the, the, the standees like one of the GameStop ones well the target walmart ones have an actual collector shelf underneath and then you have the, the kiosk piece on the top um, that, that's definitely nice, but it's one of those where I'm so used to custom shelving at this point. Oh, yeah. It's like, no space yeah. Berry. No space oh. Berry. I, I'm getting rid of so much because of that. <laughs> I actually I actually just did, um, during the, the weekend, we did uh, the dimensions for one of the next displays we're doing. And we took out all the stuff for the display, measured it, and all that stuff. And I'm like, holy crap. Over the years, I've just got more things than I really remembered having. I'm like, there's no way all this is fitting. So now i got to figure out an alternative to what to do with the rest of this stuff. And it's, uh, it's just it's so funny. Like, I've, I've actually joked around with my wife, half serious, about like, hey, if the neighbors next door ever sell, we should just buy their house and then, like, build, you know, in between the two houses and just put the collection in the other house. I mean, in reality... That's kind of the reason why having a premium edition games office would be cool, because there would be an extra space to to house 
the collection. And if, if the office has games, then it would be fun for, like, get-togethers at the, at the office after hours and stuff. That way, you know, go there, get some stuff done for the company, and then game, hang out, have a space. I want to have space there. That way you have the family there, do dinners, whatever. Like, it's a really cool hangout place. And, and the problem with that is location. It depends where it is. If it's in Georgia, there's no way that would work for, like, me. Or, you know, JP may be able to move, but I wouldn't be able to. Well, JP has family up there, too, but... In reality, it's like it's got to be in a place that makes business sense. Um, land and business ownership out here down south in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia is much more affordable than up in the East Coast. East Coast is cutthroat. There's oh, lots of up there. If you're from the area, it's great. Um, but like trying to move up there and establish, like that would be a different beast. Well, there's also there's also other areas outside the city. Like South Jersey is different than North Jersey, and and of yeah. course there's Pennsylvania. Upstate New York is very different than NYC, and Connecticut is beautiful, and that's very different. There's a lot of gamers out there too, because we've a lot of people who talk to are from Jersey or, or Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, um, that's a big scene. There's a yeah. a lot of people in this area. I mean, that's just it. Oh. It's it's a densely populated area, so there's a lot of people. So, well, the other key is too is that even having the offices. Like we're still going to do at least quarterly get-togethers because we got a whole team of um, people working with us, which is fun. And we got people working on art, doing craziness, the very crazy customer service with all the people he deals with. <laughs> Tons. Everybody's like reaching out, saying, "It's a game available yet?" Like we're in oh. local Palooza right now, man. <laughs> Yeah, we we did have somebody say, "When is this shipping?" I was like, "Uh, we announced December." <laughs> you know, like, give us yeah. time. We have to make the game. You know, like, this isn't. It's a pre-order. <laughs> it's coming. To put things into perspective, Nintendo has been finding things with Super Blood Hockey, which was released two years ago. They've been finding things that look like a damn Konami code when they respond to me, like, "Hey, there's this thing when you boot it up and." turn it off and turn it back on and disconnect your controller with the left stick holding in and like all this random stuff that they had. And then it works. And then it uh, exits out the application. <laughs> We're like, what? Like, how are you finding this? This game was already released. Like they said, it would be a fast process. Like, um, ironically is that I can already order. Um, so we're already ordering everything. It's just the one thing we're waiting on right now from Nintendo is to price it out, which the third party, publisher manager told me it would be done this week because I've been asking for like weeks. We started this publishing process for the listeners um, but like the first week of the pre-orders, by the way. <laughs> like, we've been going back and forth and it takes a while to get back to us because of COVID um, for like a month and a half longer, almost two months now. Just back and forth trying to get them to establish things. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> You know, some, when, whenever somebody says this is going to be a simple thing, it's never a oh. simple thing. <laughs> well, actually, it's the opposite. Anybody that we talk to, they're like, hey, just so you know, this is a crazy, crazy experience you're about to do. And that's why I think some of the other publishers were like, wait, you're already approved? Like, yeah, we were already approved before we announced, of course. Why would we announce what we're doing before we're approved by Nintendo? Of course we're approved. Um, but in reality, it's like there's still so many things that Nintendo controls that, and it's why Nintendo games have a standard, but um, there's so many things that it takes a while to get through the process. Um, we're, um, as soon as they allow us to put down the money, we're doing 
not just super butt hockey, but pitching to have both at the same time. We're, we're doing both orders as soon as they let us. Um, and then those will be in production, and then all the physical items. Logo Palooza, all that did was is make made sure I had to change all the logos on all the items again. Um, we're just removing the icon off of off of Premium Edition for the logo. It's super simple. But that's so funny because so many people were like, "I can't believe they let you use that logo." And and the <laughs> irony was is that just for listeners, Nintendo approved us. They approved the labels, finalized everything, and then we got an email. Monday, this like a few days ago from this recording with Barry and I, they let us know they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, we can't use the logo you can't use the logo and we're like, But you already approved stuff. Okay, cool. I said, That's fine. Um you did approve some stuff finalized, so if you could please uh deny reject those so I can make the edits, please, thank you. Because, like literally once it's finalized, you can't go back and edit. Like it's finalized. And I'm like, so you already approved and finalized it. So they actually went back and allowed me to re-upload the labels. And they're already uploaded. Everything's already uploaded with the, with the corrections. But it was like, Logo Palooza. Like, not a big deal, Nintendo. We can remove the, uh, I mean, there's already Switch logos on the Switch stuff. So it's like our logo is a little duplicative anyways. Um, what's funny, though, is Erica, you know, one of our artists, she's like, Oh, I, I'll create some more logos. And she she actually created a really awesome logo that she showed us. She created like six or seven of them, but like one of them looks really awesome. So she's going to give us some mock-ups of what that'll look like in high-res. Um, but the first releases, the first year probably, will use this, this original logo. Makes sense. Yeah. That's awesome, though, the, that she's able to do that so quickly. She's so talented. Yeah, she's ridiculous. Like, it's amazing, and you know, we do have Switch Collector Volume 2 coming up. I've been trying to get writing done, but then, you know, Logo Palooza and other stuff happens and <laughs> sidetracks me from getting more writing done. I got a lot of a lot of reviews I'm writing. But we do have um, a team from JP Switch Mania that are also writing with me, so not just myself. So, you know, oh, the whole book's laid out and ready. I'm just literally inputting and... How I do with everything is I do everything to a standard because I want all the reviews to have a similar feel to them, like all the layouts. But then as we write, I will adjust the imagery to the review and not the other way around. We don't adjust the review to the layout. We adjust the layout to the review. So that way it looks organic and, and really pops and is cool. And, um, I just reviewed, oh, what did I just review? Deep Dungeon, I think is what it's called. Dungeon mm-hmm. Plus. That game was yeah. Is cool. it Darkest Dungeon? Maybe it's Darkest. No, it's it's a digital only. Um, oh. Okay. And then there was a Turtle Pop game that I released, that I reviewed. Because I'm doing um, a bunch right now so we can do uh, demos for the Kickstarter page. So I did Owlboy. Um, I covered Yoku's, or Yoku's Island Express, which is two of the physical games. And then I'm gonna see what um, Erica can do with the magic, and then see what other what other requests we have. And then we gotta do a little bit of a video and get it ready because the, the page is already ready and approved. We just gotta add the the art pieces and add all the tiers appropriately. We're gonna keep it simple this time, everyone. Got to keep it simple. <laughs> Not gonna be a bunch of stuff because I'm still waiting on those wooden wooden book covers, and I'm probably gonna end up. Uh, buying some from a woodworker local and getting some extra ones out of pocket so I can get you all the backers that supported their wooden book covers sooner 
And since my original guy dropped off the face of the earth, he's out in Arizona. I hope he's okay. <laughs> like, really? I hope he's okay. I hope so. Cause, yeah, because, like, he literally can't get a hold of him via email, phone, anything. And I just hope the guy's doing cool, like, doing fine. He um, does some amazing work. And I already paid for everything, so it's like we're literally just waiting for them to ship. I saw pictures of them being lasered, so I know that they're done. I just don't know the status, nor have they been mailed. <laughs> so... Either way, though, I think it's a good time to, to wrap this piece up there. It's good chatting with you, man. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, to be back on, with, like I said, with, with, with You've been on all you. the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the uh, same way that JP and I do, a target of opportunity. All right, let's record. Cool. All right, done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm always game for that because I, I, it's always fun, and I think that's one of the, uh, the best aspects of the playcast. Hey guys, Barry here, and uh, so I want to just touch a little bit about uh, some news. Uh, nothing, nothing huge in the grand scheme of things came out this week, um, but uh, some interesting news dropped today on Friday. It seems that uh, Final Fantasy VII and VIII, the physical cart that uh, was released in Asia, uh, it is coming now to the European region, uh, so that's kind of interesting as well as Final Fantasy VIII Remastered coming physically to PS4. Uh, I really don't know why they didn't throw Nine on there, and then they announced, at least in Asian territories, Nine is getting a physical release on the Switch. Uh, so that's cool, uh, finally getting that one. Uh, now we just need the uh, the classic six, the first the first six games. Uh, that'd be really, really cool to see. But yeah, that, that's big. Uh, no pre-orders as of the time of my recording. But it's definitely something I'm excited for. I'm most likely going to be swapping out my Asian English 7 and 8 for a European. Uh, so I might have out for sale. Um, but, but I will be picking up 9. Uh, other gaming stuff, a Krypton Necromancer uh, came out. Or at least pre-order went up. Uh, collector's Edition contains a steelbook, so... I, uh, I'm pretty happy with that. <laughs> I like to see the steelbooks. But uh, it's great to see that. I, I really thought that would get on a combo pack with uh, Cadence of Hyrule. But two carts, I guess, is better than one. <laughs> and uh, surprisingly, out of nowhere, um, JP uh, let me know. Uh, I don't know if he's talked about it on this or not, but Race with Ryan, the Road Trip Deluxe Edition is actually not only getting a, a U.S. release, but apparently it's available right now at Walmart. Uh, I believe the first one was a Walmart exclusive as well. So, uh, yay. Not racing with JP, sorry. Uh, that, that, I guess, is still coming. Uh, but yeah, that's really it for, for the bigger gaming news. Um, it's more, more collector news than anything else. So it, was a, it was a slow week. And uh, sometimes those are good. You know, we, we've had some pretty pretty big weeks, so it's nice to see a little slower week. 
Uh, I'm, I know earlier in this podcast, uh, Jeff and JP talked about uh, the, uh, the premium edition stuff. And uh, Jeff and I talked a little Halloween stuff. I don't know, um, you know, what else has gone on. I mean, some of this might be reiterating. If uh, JP talked about releases, he might uh, actually just talked about the Racing with Ryan thing and the Final Fantasy thing. But I figured I'd cover it here because, I don't know. So if you had to listen to that a second time, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but I did want to at least let you know in case you weren't, uh, weren't aware. Um, so, again, we don't have a game of the episode which is pretty much why we're recording like this. So instead, I'll just go over a little bit what I've been doing. Uh, on the Switch, I uh, I decided to go back to Mario Galaxy, or yeah, Mario Galaxy in uh, the Mario 3D All-Stars. And if you remember in our actual episode uh, covering that, uh, I mentioned that I tried it twice, once with the Pro Controller just a little bit, and once with the... Um, the uh, Joy-Cons, and uh, I was like, you know, I, I really I really should get back into that. So I, I went back into it with the Pro Controller, and I, I kind of just went into it hard. <laughs> and in two days, like, I, I just I, I just got addicted. And I got the 105 stars, and I beat the game, and I started on the purple coins, and I'm like, yeah, I just don't care at this point. But uh, it was fun going back to that game. Um, motion controls are weird in, in that game. And what I mean by that is some things work worse, in my opinion, than the Wii. Uh, mainly the ball controls. Oh, when you're on that ball, I hate that. But at the same time, other things work better. Like when you're in the bubble and you got to blow it around, I found that insanely easy with the Switch Pro Controller. Uh, it was annoying having to constantly push R. I probably pushed R more than any other button just to recenter the thing. But I was able to beat it, and I never really had to farm uh, any star bits. So that, that just casually doing it, I had enough. But yeah, it uh, it's an awesome game. If you haven't played it yet, I definitely think it's, it's probably the highlight of the, the collection. It's tough between that and 64. But yeah... Uh, it was good to get back and do that. And then uh, last week, I, I did the Pikmin 3 demo. Another demo dropped this week, and that was the Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. Um, so there's a demo now. It's free demo, obviously. It is has four songs, two from Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, one from Birth by Sleep, and one from 0.2 or 0.8 or something like that. I, it's one of the latest ones I, I just didn't never get to play. Um, it's interesting. It is... Uh, I felt it was a little tougher than I expected and uh, a little less responsive. I don't know. It it just felt like I missed some that I shouldn't have missed and others that were like back-to-back weren't as responding because you could push uh, L, R, or A to do actions. It doesn't matter. But sometimes you have to push two or three at a time. So you're constantly on those buttons. And sometimes I go push RR and like it only responded once. And I don't know if that's maybe my pro controller eventually dying or the uh, it just the timing was off. I don't know. You know, I, I, I didn't know the songs really. I didn't like I wasn't really in the beat of the songs as much. But there is other modes too. So that was the default mode. I didn't know they were doing this. There is the one button mode. 
And the one button mode, I tried that. That's interesting. That's where you only have to push one button. Um, everything else happens for you. Um, like if if you have to push normally three buttons at a time for the beat, you only have to push the one button. The, your your partners, uh, Goofy and, and Donald, will hit their buttons for you. If you have to like float and you know touch these green music note things, um, you just have to hold the button. You still have to hold the button, but you don't have to like move around. Uh, it it kind of felt cool, but it also I know it felt different. And obviously you you get ranked on it, and it, the ranking is different depending on the mode. Uh, there was a last mode I did not try. It was like a performance mode where it's extra complicated. There's these performance markers, and um, you have to push like Y and ZL and ZR and X. Uh, oh, not not X. X is used for uh, for specials. Uh, so I was like Y, ZR, and ZL. And you get like performance points, but they, if you miss them, they don't actually hurt you. Like you don't affect your HP. It is a, uh, I didn't try that, but I mean, I'm glad it's there. It's definitely for the hardcore. I will say though, I was more excited for the game before playing the demo. Since playing the demo, I am less excited to play the game. (laughs) Like it, it didn't have the same kind of fun that the theater rhythm games had for me. On the 3DS, uh, I love those games. Uh, it uses the same theater rhythm art in the loading screen, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be good, and I'm sure you know if things are a little ironed out, or maybe I just get a little better at the game, um, put some songs I'm a little more familiar with. Uh, it might be a little better, but I still urge you to try it if you're thinking about it. I mean, why not? But uh, so so I did that. That was my main thing on the Switch, other than Smash, of course. How could I forget? Yeah, Steve dropped in Smash, so uh, I did play as uh, Steve and Alex, and and uh, went through their classic, and I got all the DLC spirits, uh, as I do whenever those things drop, and uh, a lot of fun. Uh, Steve plays really interesting, like definitely uh, different what uh, than I expected, in in a good way. Uh, there's a lot to him. I didn't master him or anything. I just played it to enjoy it. But uh, he's a nice addition. I mean, it's, Minecraft again isn't my foray. It's not something I've ever played. But I think the fans of that game will be happy with that. Uh, on the flip side, on the PS4 side, I don't remember when I finished Star Ocean. But uh, I did finish it. I didn't do the post-game content. But... Uh, I think it's an enjoyable RPG. It's just not a very good Star Ocean game. Uh, I did enjoy the combat, and I enjoyed the the roles uh, and how that worked, and setting those you know up. But and the story was okay, but it wasn't very Star Ocean. Like you're really on one planet. Like you're you're not going to other planets. You're you're you have one ship that you're barely in. Everything else is really just one planet and it's you know a fantasy planet it's not a you know futuristic planet or or you're somewhere in between or like earth it's a, just a fantasy planet uh still fun i did enjoy it and i i do recommend giving it a shot if you like rpgs just don't go into it expecting star ocean <laughs> which sounds weird because it is star ocean officially uh and then i i went to uh play star wars squadrons which I had forgotten came out, and I, I'm, I'm still early in it. I think I'm like four missions in or five missions in. And 
I really enjoy it, but I can't play it for elongated periods of time. Like I can maybe do a mission and then I have to stop because it does trigger my vertigo. Um, there are some things that I feel would alleviate that and that would be a third person. But there is no third person in this game. You can't pull the camera out of the cockpit. You are in the cockpit the whole time. And I understand that's for the VR. And, and I'm not playing it in VR. I would probably be throwing up if I was playing it in VR. Um, but it definitely... Like, if you could do that in VR, my oh my god, that game would be awesome. Like, a true Star Wars experience. They did a really good job with making you feel like, hey, I am really in the cockpit here. And uh, I'm really playing this game. I think that's awesome. And it's a lot of fun. The voice acting is good. The graphics are good. Um, but again, it's just something that... I'm, I'm not even sure if I'll, I'll truly finish it. Because when I, I can't get too invested, I can't get too sucked in. So because of that, it doesn't pull my attention as much as... I would probably like it to, unfortunately. Um, but that's mainly what... Uh, what I've been focusing on a PS4. Um, I'm still doing Final Fantasy XIV. I don't know if any of you play out there. Uh, if you're looking for a good MMO, if you're looking, you know, all this Final Fantasy news, if you're looking for a fun time, I do highly recommend that game. And if you do play and, you know, you, you want a good server, you know, I'm on, I'm on Midgard Summer on the Aether Data Center. It is a ton of fun. They just dropped a new update with uh, brand new content, a new area to explore. Uh, just, I, I didn't get a chance to do it until today, actually. The content dropped Tuesday. I've been really busy with other things, so I didn't even get to play for four days. Um, but I'm, I'm already, like, back in, like, that hook's back in, ready to go, and uh, especially with the slight delay of Cold Steel 4, which, which I know uh, some people have posted about, and... Uh, I, I am upset about, but it, uh, you know, hopefully if I have to wait a day or two, I will survive because I just can't wait for that game. Uh, on the mobile front, it seems Nintendo is still pushing, uh, you know, Dragalia again, and I love that uh, the anniversary is still going on, and there's a bunch of free stuff and another great phone RPG. I know Genshin, um, which was talked about last time by uh, by Jeff. Uh, the reason I didn't go into Genshin Impact and why I haven't tried that yet is simply because of Dragalia Lost. I'm giving Nintendo my attention, and that, that game is just, to me, it's just so much fun. And uh, I do think now is still a good time to join in. There's still free summons for you know another 14 days or so. Um, so it's it's a great time to get in and, and give it a shot and see, see what it's like. And uh, I don't know how many of you would play Mario Kart Tour, but that just got updated. That I, I am still playing as well. Uh, they're doing a, also an anniversary event there. And you know what? I think the game gets a worse rep than it really deserves. It's a lot of fun if you treat it as something different. It is not standard Mario Kart. Uh, it is Mario Kart with points. And just focus on the points more so than the Mario Kart. And uh, I don't know. I, I just I think these are they're fun, quick, pick-up-and-play burst games. But, uh, you know, it seems Nintendo is done with mobile. Uh you know, the last game that came out, I believe, was Mario Kart Tour. Yeah, that came out after Dr. Mario World. And that was over a year ago now. So it's been just over a year. Nintendo has not put out any new mobile titles. Um, unless if you want to count Pokemon Masters, I think that came out after. That might have come out before. I don't know. I don't remember when I played that. 
But uh, yeah, it seems they've moved on and they're they're focusing fully on the Switch, which you know what I'm okay with. And uh, you know, especially as collectors, it just means more great games heading to the console we all love. But uh, yeah, that's that's mainly what I've been doing this week. I'd, I'd love to know what what you guys have been doing. Uh, you know, we have Anchor, so please feel free to leave us voice comments. Um, you know, if, if you if you do, uh, you know, hopefully Jeff will. Well, let me hear them because because I, I can't hear them. But uh, if if you don't want to do a voice comment, which which you should, we we play it on the the show, and I think that'd be really good. And uh, hopefully, we'll have a a game of the episode, more get together episode again uh, soon because uh, I, I honestly missed that. It was it was good being able to record with Jeff again. Uh, but I guess we'll see. We're taking every week as a week, but we still want to make sure there's content out there for you guys. So if you just want to let me know um, what you've been playing. Uh, you know, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. Uh, always game to talk games, and I always love to hear from you and, and how you're doing. And, and I hope everyone's doing well, uh, staying safe, and, and just you know, keeping on gaming. Um, you could also find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. Uh, in fact, we. You know, we, we do this podcast once a week, uh, and now actually the Nintendo Fuse podcast is, for at least for the for foreseeable future, we're switching to a once a week uh, format too. So I'm going to be extra busy, but that's okay because I do this out of love. I do this because I love to talk to you. I do this because I love to hear from you and just love to talk games. So uh, hopefully you guys are having fun, doing well, and I hope to hear from you. And uh, I don't know if this is the last segment or if, if Jeff will have something else at the end. But uh, if you've listened this far, thank you. Thank you for being a listener of the Switch Mania Playcast. We all appreciate you greatly. Have a great night. Take care. And see you later. Mm-hmm.